Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to your newest edition of the Dental Handoff. I am your hostess, Dr. Kelly Tanner, RDH. It's so nice to be with you here. Guess who I have with me? Kelly Jakes, also known as Kelly Swanson Jakes, for those of you all who've known her for so long. Kelly, my friend. Kelly is one of my favorite people in this world, and I've known her for so long, and just so happy to have you here, Kel. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. I'm really happy to be here. As I said, every time you and I are together, it's like K-squared. <laughs> I know. You got... <laughs> <laughs> I know. So um, I always like to tell the story about how I feel like I know Kelly. And when I met Kelly, I, it had to have been at an ADHA event, right, mm -hmm. Kel? I mean, there it had to have been there. So you all know that I'm a member of my professional association, American Dental Hygienist Association. And Kelly is a past president of the ADHA. And I don't know the exact moment that we met. It was probably on a dance floor <laughs> or at a meeting. Yes. Um... Or at a leadership meeting, maybe. Probably at a leadership meeting. But Kelly was one of the smartest, sassiest, uh, uh, just like, she is a, a an excellent speaker. And I think it was at um, Unleash Your Potential. Yes. Big, yes, that's exactly where it was. Unleash Your Potential. And uh, you were there and you just wowed me and you've been wowing me ever since. So it's been such a honor to be one of your friends. And Kelly is one of my fab five that I always talk about. She's one of my closest five people in my life and in my career. So Kelly, tell us about your journey and tell us about why you chose dental hygiene. Thank you, Kelly. I uh, was always an untraditional student. I didn't start my college career till age 30. In my 20s, I had two babies who I love to death and of course are grown-ups now. Um, but uh, we didn't have any money. We were very poor uh, in my 20s. And I said to myself, when I turned 30, I said, hey, I gotta do something about this. This is not how I want to live. And so I started going back to school and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be in medicine or dentistry because what I wanted was job security and a good paying job when I was finished with my college or my university. And that one step started me. I started taking adult classes in the evening at the local community college. And I started taking pre-nursing because I didn't know where else to start, but I didn't want to be a nurse. 
at that time. And so right away, I met all of these other adult students, a handful, who were pursuing dental hygiene education. And as any dental professional knows, the dental hygienist um, curriculum and education starts the same as uh, our basic sciences for any a nursing student as well. So I met these uh, other aspiring adults and I just said, that's it. That's it. I just knew it. I knew that was going to be my profession. Um, and I continued that. So it did take me five years to get a bachelor's of science in dental hygiene from the Oregon Health Sciences University. So I was 35 years old when I started my dental hygiene career. And, um, you know, I loved it. It has served me well. I was fortunate enough, my very first job, I was fortunate enough to be hired by a husband and wife dental team, doctors Paul and Vicki Bonner. And they had gone to Oregon Health Sciences University as dental students. And when they were looking some years later for a hygienist, Dr. Bonner came to my school to interview any, any hygiene student who was from the area. And there was all these announcements. And I thought, oh, a dentist who lives in Salem, Oregon, where I live? I got to go to this. So you can imagine, you know, you're a student. I'm in blue scrubs. My hair's in a ponytail. I'm, you know, barely finishing my patient that day and rushing to this um, interview. I was the only one who showed up. And I got that job. And I stayed with that practice for over 10 years. I love that practice. Yes, they understood the value of a dental hygienist as a team player, right? We all understood whose responsibilities were whose and what value every team member brought to the team. So I was very, very fortunate, Kelly, to have my defining um, and first career role as a dental hygienist in, a, in an office such as that. I, I was able to take the entire perio program. They had none. I came just out of school, so you can imagine. It was quite rigorous, <laughs> my program. But uh, because of that program, you know, the dental hygiene um, revenue just shot through the roof because we were actually treating patients um, in the ways they needed to be treated. Right. Not just promoting everybody. So you just touched on a very important life lesson, showing up. You showed up. Yes. When no one else did. Right. And, and that's, that served you in your life, I know, on many levels, right? Many levels. Uh, and it is one of the, you know, tenets. Of, I, I, I've taught my own children. And I teach everyone is half of the game of life is showing up, right? Because so many people, we think we're going to do something and then don't follow through, right? Even like I've been on so many committees over the years, like let's say for scholarships or for awards. And we will have so many, uh, you know, submissions where they don't finish the, the inter they don't finish what they're supposed to be putting in or it's not on time. It's not, so that's not showing up. Right. So yeah, showing up is everything. Uh, not everything. Most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first step. It's definitely one of the primary first steps on things. And yeah. so I didn't know that you started out later. Yeah, and that's that's nuts. I would never have guessed that because when I met you, I mean, you were you were obviously a hygienist, and then you—I'm not sure how long you had been speaking at that time. 
when you started right. Kelly Jake Speaks or what your what your website was because you became your speaker entrepreneur. She's also an author, you all, uh, <laughs> of some topics that she's going to talk about in a minute, which is just blows my mind that there's actually a support a person who's in our community who supports this these issues. Yes. So how did you get into speaking and then jump me over to where you are now? Okay, well, that story of how I got into speaking is really interesting, I believe, for any clinically practicing dental professional, because as you all know, we, depending on where we live around the United States or around the world, we have to take so many continuing education credit hours, right, every year or every two years, wherever you live, to, to re-up your licensure. Right. And so I'm a little hygienist working in my little operatory, working away all by myself, you know, going to um, classes, getting my CEUs. And I would go to these places and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so boring. This is so boring. This talk on whatever it was, you know, periodontal disease or charting or ultrasonics, uh, carries (laughs) ultrasonic. It was like, oh, my gosh, this person is giving me good information. But the information information is not being delivered in a way that is exciting or interesting. And so during those about a decade of working clinically and, you know, reading Access Magazine from ADHA and reading RDH Magazine and um, Dimensions, like I'm reading all these and I'm like, you know what? I want to be a speaker because I can do it better than some of these that I've seen. I want to be able to communicate these science principles in a way that are fun and exciting and actually hit the adult learner. So my journey was, um, I, my son went to, uh, college, my daughter took a year abroad in high school. So all of a sudden I was going to be an empty nester early. And I decided that was my time to get my master's degree. I just, I always wanted a master's degree. I never knew what I was going to get it in. Um, I practice clinical hygiene full time. So then I took one whole year to um, research what programs were available in my area, right? Was I going to do only online learning? Was I going to do some online learning and then travel a couple of times a year to my cohort? Or was I going to go to school like physically full time? So I searched around for a year And uh, during that time, I decided to take an online 500 level graduate course in dental hygiene education because I wanted to test myself to see that now I'm like 45 ish, 46. I want to see, you know, can I do this? Can I still be an A student? (laughs) That's that's showing up, man. That's in perimenopause and while my life is changing crazily. (laughs) So uh, I did well in that course. I worked really hard, of course. And then, um, I ended up going to school full time to the Oregon, uh, Oregon State University, which was 45 minutes down the road from my home. And uh, I gave up clinical practice at that time. I, you know, tempt when I could, but uh, I went to school full time. And because I was an older student and um, luck and kismet and all that jazz, uh, I was offered a graduate teaching assistantship. So I, Went to school and my degree was a master of arts, interdisciplinary science, interdisciplinary. And my disciplines were communication and adult education. Because remember, I had a goal. My goal yeah. was to be an incredible, excellent speaker and to get paid to speak. That was my goal, to get paid to speak. 
And I needed, so adult education, well, I'm going to be teaching adults, whether it's from the podium or if I go teach at a university or a dental hygiene program. Uh, and I wanted to communication. Communication was just my love. That was just what I wanted to study. Uh, I love interpersonal communication. So I did that, uh, that degree and I got to teach public speaking 101 for two years. Wow. And my master's degree was then paid for. Yeah. So I, I had no school debt from my master's degree. Um, and you know, it just went on from there because, uh, as soon as I finished with my graduate degree, another university in my area who had seen me speaking at conferences on my communications topics um, reached out to me and said, hey, we've lost an instructor. Can you come and be an adjunct instructor in two weeks, starting in the fall term, two weeks? So for I then I worked for that university for two years, teaching public speaking 101. Uh, and at that time was when I got to start my speaking career. Wow. I didn't know all that about you. Yeah. I didn't know. So you guys, I know Kelly from when she was running for ADHA. I was her, um, what was I? You were my, oh, no, not marketer, not my handler. <laughs> you were my- You um, are, like your public, not your public- No, no, no. Why are we having a brain freeze? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were my campaign manager. Campaign manager. I know, words, big girl words. Because the years I ran- and this is a good story about you and I, Kelly. When I was considering running for the vice president of the American Dental Hygienist Association, and, and um, it was contested race, so I knew you know it was a race, a political race. And I live on the West Coast. And to your audience members, you know you live on the East Coast. So right there, we have a diversity in a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. And I also knew one of the hallmarks of a good leader, which I'm sure you teach a lot, Kelly is one of the hallmarks as a good leader is you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And a good leader will draw people into their team to make up for their weaknesses. And I know my strengths and weaknesses, right? I know I'm strong at the front. I know I'm a good face for a campaign. I know I'm a good um, articulate speaker for a campaign. But the details, the tech, the behind the scenes, I knew Kelly from the from the relationship we already had. I knew that you already had those types of skill sets, and so that's why I asked you because I thought I need someone who who is better than me in all these other things to be my partner in these campaigns. And Kelly was my campaign. You were my manager at my vice president run and my president elect run, both of which were contested races. Yeah. So much, it was so much fun. And I learned so much about you, about what, what resilience looked like from many different levels, um, and how to be graceful in those times as well. And so I was just reading, I know that, you know, this book speaking. Uh, and so Kelly is also, I know a lot about Kelly cause she's my, been my friend for a long time, but she is also an actress Yes. Uh, artist. And, um, she's, you know, she, she taught public speaking. So a lot of this is being a, about being an actress is Grace Adler. Is that right? The art of acting. I think, I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's the name of it. I'm, I'm reading that now too. Oh, okay. yeah, too, because a lot of being a public speaker is engaging your audience. And it's, it's, it's truly also, I think a hallmark of 
hallmark of a great leader because it's never about you. It's always about the audience and who your audience is. And that's exactly what you were just saying. You have to truly know how to hone in and do that. So do you, I, I know that I am like shooting off the hip here at, um, at, with this question, but how would you say that you read the audience? Like what are some ways that you are reading the audience when you're speaking? Oh, that's a great question, Kelly. And it starts, of course, long before the speaking event. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, when I am beginning a negotiations with an event planner to hire me, right? I want to know all about that audience. Uh, the more you can know about your audience, of course, the more you can tailor your messaging, even the stories you tell or the the jokes you might tell, um, or how you're going to connect with that audience, right? I remember one of my, when I was first starting to speak, I was hired by the Oregon Dental Pharmacy Association to come in and I was, I was doing a talk on oral systemic health to the pharmacists of the state. And I thought to myself, what do I know about pharmacists and how will I relate to them? How are they going to relate to me, a dental hygienist coming to speak at their um, state meeting? Right. And so I, I told a little story about um, the pharmacist. And when I go get my medications, all of us, you know, we step up to a little window and we are face to face with a pharmacist. And back in the day, we did not wear masks. Right. <laughs> you are face to face about six inches away. And I, and so then I went and they're all laughing, right? Because I'm talking about, you don't want to have bad breath. You don't want to have um, oral health issues. <laughs> pharmacist, when you're talking to me, your patient, your client. Um, and then, so I related that story. And then I said, this is much like hygienists. We are also six inches from our patients or our clients when we're working over their faces, <laughs> right? That's so I found right. a way, how do I relate to that audience? How can I help them relate to me so they can better receive the messages uh, I'm given? Yeah, so you have to do a little research, right? Um, uh, last summer, I was invited to speak for a uh, children's community center. All the staff and all the teachers and uh, administrators, and imagine how uh, their their jobs were just are so stressed. Right, um, the needs never end when you're working in community service for children. The needs never end, and so these men and women were just you know giving their lives away, literally. And so I thought, how am I going to tailor my messages to them? So I asked the event planner, do you have four or five of any of the people who are in the group that I'm going to be speaking to who would be willing to come jump on a Zoom call with me? So I had a Zoom call prior to finishing up my presentation and asked them some very pointed questions about their life, about their work life, about um, the particular stresses or stressors that they're under. And I, it was aha moments for me because, you know, I speak on self-care a lot. I, I, I really want people to honor their own mental and physical wellness. It's one of the, my passions. And one of these people, the Zoom call said to me, you know, every time someone says, oh, we're going to have a speaker on self-care, we all groan because we know we need to, you know, exercise more. We know we shouldn't have McDonald's five nights a week. We know we should be sleeping more. We know all the stuff we should be doing, but we are so stressed we're not doing it. And we don't want a self-care speaker to come in here and make us feel guilty. 
And I'm telling you, Kelly, it was an aha for me. I, I always tried to not make people feel guilty, but I could, took what they said and I have a whole now different portion of my presentation on that because of them speaking to me and getting to know my audience. And I talk more now about what are the many moments in your life you're already doing? You know, let's not guilt ourselves. Let's already say, what are you doing? You know, exactly. do you, what, do you read your book at night? Do you have the, your cup of your favorite tea during the day? Right? Do you take a moment to breathe? Do you take a moment to stand up from your desk and walk around? Yeah. All those are mini moments. And so, so it, they, knowing my audience shifted my entire uh, presentation. That's, that's amazing. And, and that's true. And that's, I think too, that willingness to be open and any, and any relationship and to receive information that will improve what it is, whatever your craft is, whether it's acting, public speaking, a teacher, a, whatever it is, how you're showing up your life, a parent, an individual. And so Kel too, I know that you took, Kelly speaks a lot on self-care and more specifically women and premenopausal and menopausal women and how they take care of themselves, which is such a need because I know that I'm getting ready to go through the change. And I asked Kelly, I'm like, does this mean this? Does this mean this? And so she, she helps people all the time. She even has a book. And so Kelly, tell us about your journey in that and why that's important to you. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking me. Um, first, you know, it was a lifelong goal to write a book. I have been an avid reader since a little girl, and I love books. I personally love to read fiction, but I don't write fiction. I'm not a fic. My brain doesn't work that way. So uh, when I finished, uh, came off the year of the ADHA presidency, 2014-15, uh, you know, I was at a place in my life. What can I, what, what am I going to do now with my life? What, what do I want to do next? And I wanted to write a book. And I knew I wanted, I thought, well, what do I want to write a book about? Well, I looked at all the things I was speaking on in my speaking world up to that point. And my favorite thing to speak on was perimenopause and the menopausal woman. And um, at that point, of course, I talked a lot about hormonal change, but a lot of focus on oral health because there are a lot of changes that can happen to the woman um, in oral health when she's going through her menopausal journey. So that's how that fit in. And uh, so I got to work. I hired a writing coach for the first three months who got me started in the pump prime. And I have a whole you know talk on how I wrote the book, but I wrote the book called Martinis and Menopause. Uh, Strategies, science and sips that empower women to beat the hormone grown. And uh, I took the top 10 symptoms that most women can or will go through with their perimenopausal journey. And uh, each chapter, it, there's a story of a woman, there's a science, as a dental hygienist, oral health, of course, we wanna know the science, science of why this happens to us. Um, and then what are your strategies? What can we do our own selves to live better and feel better through this transition that every single woman on the planet has to go through? And of course, there's a martini and a martini recipe in uh, every chapter, uh, because uh, I say I talk about martinis being. Well, I do love to drink martinis, but the martini is a metaphor for. It doesn't matter what you're drinking; it matters who you're drinking with. You, you be drinking water, 
and we should be drinking a lot of water. Yeah. But who are you drinking it with? Is it people who love you, who get you, who are going to support you on your life journey, right? Or is it people who bring you down and have nothing but negative to say? Mm-hmm. Those aren't the people you should be having your martinis, literally or metaphorically, with. Exactly. So I wrote that book, and that was published uh, 2018, and then 2021 I put out the second edition. And then uh, in 2019, I put this workbook together. So it goes with hand in hand with the book. And the workbook actually helps you journal and keep track of your signs and symptoms. It's a kind of a three month journey on the journal. And so, yeah, that, that's my, that was my book project. Uh, And anyone can um, find my books, buy them on Amazon. And if you'd like a signed copy though, you can buy them from me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the, it'll be in the show notes, how to get a hold of my books. Awesome. Yeah. So what's the number one question that you get about menopause, Cal? Believe it or not, it's not the hot flash question. The number one, uh, first I get the number one question is, could I be in menopause? Mm. Or the other night, um, a friend, I was walking out of the tennis courts with my friend and she says, I said, oh, are you in menopause? Cause someone else was talking about it. And she goes, oh no, I'm not in menopause yet. She goes, but I cannot stop yelling at my husband. Oh my God, my, my fuse is so short. I'm just becoming a witch at home. And I'm like, um, darling, that's metaphorical. <laughs> just because your periods aren't changing doesn't mean your body has not started changing. <laughs> so am I in menopause? And then of course, the second one is this whole irritation, feeling like a bitch, feeling like a witch, just everything sets you on edge. Mm-hmm. That that's, is pretty universal. A lot of women feel that. Um, so then we talk about stress management. I talk about different, um, depending on where they are in their journey, you know, there's a lot of different how-tos of how, do you have a practitioner who um, understands women's hormonal health, for example? And I tell them how to find that practitioner. Um, and there's a lot of um, supplements we should all be taking daily, no matter what age we are as a woman, just to help us uh, regulate our um, autoimmune system, for example, that's, what's getting all fired up. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, there's just so much, and there's so much in the book, um, about each, each, um, symptom and each stage, whether that you can't sleep, whether you got the night sweats, whether you got the weight gain around the belly, um, whether your sexual life is changing in ways that you did not expect and do not like, um, all in there. <laughs> and then I, I'm also subscribed to your newsletter too, which I, I love to read as well. You guys, how often does that come out? It's like once a month. I tried to, no, I tried to do it. Uh, I try to do once a week blog. Is it what's okay. So, but the newsletter that I get in my, in my email. Yeah, no, that's more than once a month. I try to do that. Okay. Maybe it's twice a month. I feel like I'm always talking to you anyway. So maybe that's part well, of it. And, the pro- and you know, um, I'm an entrepreneur, so there's almost so many hours a day in my day as well. So I try like right now I'm batching all the rest of the summer blogs. They're, they're almost done. And uh, then I'll start batching for the fall, <laughs> writing for the fall. But um, I would invite all of you listening to please. Yes. Um, I would love you to get my health and wellness blog. I put it full of uh, my little stories and tips and tricks that just remind ourselves how important we are to ourselves and how we can better take care of our mental and physical wellness really is my bottom line. Oh, sure. Part of that is boundaries. Yes, it is. 
a huge part of that is boundaries. And so for all your listeners today, Dr. Kelly, I will um, put in the show notes. I have a very simple download, um, three ways to just say no. Because I find, as women particularly, uh, we often need help (laughs) on how to say no. And uh, being able to do that uh, with, with confidence and knowing why we're saying no. And why we typically say yes. And why it's okay to say no. Right, right. If you never say no, you won't have any time or energy or resource to say yes to the things you really want to. That's exactly right. There's there's so much around boundaries. And Kelly, I think that you um that you have a topic around that too, a speaking topic, don't you? Yes, yes. I talk about boundaries uh when I'm talking about self-care. I also talk about and self-care leads to resilience. I talk to that. So corporations will sometimes bring me in. Sometimes they'll have me talk about women's health, the martinis and menopause, uh hormonal health. Um and if they don't want that, they usually have me talking about self-care, resilience, you know, managing change. And, and that's where I really spin that is managing change through the choices that we make for our daily lives, right? Because we can manage change if we are taking care of ourselves. 100%. We're always at choice. Yes. And, you know, I had a huge change with COVID. Not only was COVID, but I had um, breast cancer a very severe breast cancer um, that necessitated me having a double mastectomy uh, in 2020. So for me, this resilience piece and this self-care piece is so important because I was knocked down by that tsunami of cancer, but my whole attitude was, I don't have time for cancer. Things to do. And uh, I'm going to overcome this. So what's, what's next? What do I got to do? What do I have to know? I already had, you know, um, the attitude of I'm important. The attitude of my mindset, of why myself is my job number one. I was able to come through, you know, and I'm very healthy you know, uh, and uh, very grateful for my life. <laughs> Yeah, Kelly actually had a, 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 it was something on Instagram, I remember on your social media, Kelly, that you had uh, Kelly Beats Cancer um, series about- whole series. Was it YouTube? Okay. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit, so I couldn't remember where it was broadcast. Yeah. Kelly Beats Breast Cancer, there's like 25 videos or something, and I share my entire journey. Yeah. So even from the get-go, you had decided that you had beaten it. Yeah, I needed to share it because, you know- I, um, when I got this diagnosis, first of all, I couldn't believe it (laughs) that I had breast cancer and I had four tumors in my left breast. So it wasn't, you know, it was, it was severe. Um, and, uh, when I found that out, I was on the internet searching and I found this woman on YouTube and watched one of her videos and she was just talking about her surgery. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to share my journey because if I can help one woman, um, through the fear and the questions and all the things that we go through, uh, then I'm going to do it. So that's, yeah, Kelly Beats Breast Cancer, YouTube, and it will, they're all on there. Yeah, it's, um, it, what an amazing life you've lived. Yeah, and I um, just, I just admire you on so many different levels. I know I tell you that all the time. That's why we're just, you know, we're so close. And Kelly's one of those <laughs> people that I talk about that, who you surround yourself with, who will, I take things to, and I'm like, okay, what's good? What's bad about this? Tell me everything bad. What would you change? Shoot holes in it. Tell me, give me a different lens, you know? Yeah. And she can do it. She will do it every time. And there's people in your life who are like that because we appreciate that about each other. So Kelly, I so appreciate everything that you're doing 
on so many levels. And what are, what would you say are like, if you had to choose like top two or three things that of advice that you would give people about anything that you choose about, choose on, um, about leadership, life, health. Wow. That's hard, isn't it? To do just three things. Um, I think first, number one is you have to know yourself and you have to honor yourself. You have to know yourself. Who are you? What, what do you want? And why are those things you want important to you? Mm-hmm. And when you key into that, you know, that, that is num- goal number one is who are you? Know who you are. Goal number two then is how does something make you feel? Like that's how I judge a lot. I'm listening to my inner self. You know, some people call that prayer. Some people call that, you know, journaling out. Um, some people, whatever you call that, that listening to your own self to help lead you forward. If something's right or wrong, your body will tell you. Your body will tell you. Always. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, you talked about showing up, but really life uh, is sometimes life is very hard, right? Life is hard. Life is difficult. We have a lot of stressors in our life through all the different phases of our life, whether you're a young parent, whether you're in school, whether your kids are half grown like yours, Kelly, or even full grown like mine, right? There's different stressors at every part of our life. And I think we have to maintain that attitude of what is good and fun about today, right? Yeah. What am I grateful about today? Yes. Yep. And it might, some days, sometimes days are hard and I'm grateful. I say things like, thank you feet that you're walking me around. I maybe can't think of some, maybe, maybe life is so difficult that day or that season. The things I'm grateful for are very simple. Thank you lungs that were breathing today. Right. Thank you brain that were working today because um, I'm not a Pollyanna, believe me. And uh, I understand many of life's challenges, but I think that's it. You know, know who you are, know yourself, what you want, why you want it. Listen to yourself to lead you. And that remember, always we can have something to be grateful for that brings up a, a gratefulness and a more lighthearted fun. A hundred percent. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, it, those are all words that I live by. Thank you for sharing that. And Everyone too, as Kelly mentioned in the show notes, so there are um, links to her website, how to get a copy of her book, her free downloadable handout on boundaries. And Joan Fitzgerald is chiming in on LinkedIn. And she says, I'm grateful to know and be supported by both of you. So thank you, Joni. We love you too. Thanks, Joan. We love you. Um, so thank you again, Kelly. Listeners, thank you so much for being with us today and for your support. If you wouldn't mind, I always ask the favor to please go to Apple and in the podcast, please give us a five-star rating because that's the rating that matters to a lot of the AI. We appreciate you, all that you do. Be well and keep crushing your goals. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. 